Welcome to Ruin a Bad Guy's Day Radio Network. Hi, I'm Skip Myers reporting on the Catch of the Day, where we like to highlight newsworthy stories where you help law enforcement ruin a bad guy's day. Today's Catch of the Day comes from StarkTelegram.com. Thousands of credit cards potentially compromised in a hotel room scheme, police say. Reporting from Dallas, thousands of credit cards were potentially compromised in a hotel room purchasing scheme worth $250,000, according to federal court documents. According to the criminal complaint, which was unsealed last week, investigators in Dallas began looking into suspicious hotel purchases made by Kayla Klutz and Otis Edwards in late August. The pair would rent one or two rooms in different hotels in Dallas, Fort Worth, and other areas in Texas, and then sub-rent the room to other people at lower fees, the document says. But Klutz is accused of buying those rooms with credit card numbers she bought from a carding network. The network, police say, was a place where online people would buy and sell credit card numbers. Edwards told investigators that they would use altered credit cards to purchase the rooms. He made about $250,000 in fraudulent charges since March or April, the document says. In September, investigators contacted potential victims to ask if those people gave Klutz and Edwards permission to use their cards. At least one person said no. On October 11th, investigators found that Klutz and Edwards were at a hotel in Carrollton and met them at their room. They confronted the pair without, about the scheme, and Edwards gave them five sheets of paper containing about 69 credit card numbers with various expiration dates and names of other people, the document says. According to that same interview, Edwards later handed investigators a notepad with more than 400 written credit card numbers on them. He also gave investigators five altered credit cards, the document says. The investigation continued into November, just recently, and investigators found more fraudulent credit cards. To date, investigators have determined that Edwards and Klutz were in possession of approximately 1,200 credit card numbers. The complaint doesn't give details of the locations of the potential victims. Hey everyone, Skip Myers here again. This is a great uh, case involving uh, carding and carters, and a lot of people don't understand what carding is, and it's a really widespread problem. You know, the rise of state-sponsored and criminal enterprise hacking and credit card fraud has become a very widespread problem across the, the whole world and is often not reported by individuals and in, in, in normal private citizens. You know, while most fraud managers alloc allocate a lot of resources to fight typical online fraud, account takeover, or friendly fraud, or synthetic fraud, you know, this kind of information or kind of fraud actually goes uh, overlooked. Um, you know, a lot of times the, the resources that we have to identify and prevent obvious online fraud like this is an afterthought, you know, and because it's an afterthought and because we don't educate ourselves and make those around us that are fraud experts more aware of the potential of the widespread problem with carding, fraudsters will exploit this and they'll use our operational failures and lack of awareness, you know, at our organization against us. And they use this to circumvent our normal fraud detection solutions. So what's so important is that we understand to, you know, really take this information and apply it to our fraud solution, you know, 
in our environment? You know, what kind of problems are we experiencing? And are we really analyzing through our fraud solution or fraud detection programs, really what's going on? I mean, do we really have a layered design to analyze and look at the kind of fraud or kind of chargebacks that is occurring within your organization? And so that brings me to actually what carding is. And there's a, you know, a few definitions out there. And I'd like to share that with a lot of you, but I wonder how many of y'all really thought about what carding is or what a carter uh, is. What do they do for a living? And obviously you probably know it. It's a fraudulent uh, type of living. So basically carding refers not only to payment card based fraud, but it's also a range of related activities and services that are fraudulent rela uh, related. Carding is a term describing the trafficking of credit cards, bank accounts, and other personal information online, as well as uh, related fraud services. So activities uh, involving that kind of information also encompasses a procurement of those certain personal details. And sometimes it also involves money, money laundering techniques. Uh, there's a lot of mo modern uh, carding sites that are out there right now. And a lot of them are um, not on the dark web anymore. They're actually out there on on the internet and they're described as full service commercial companies, uh, a little scary. Uh, another definition out there uh, is uh, that carding is a form of credit card fraud in which a stolen credit card is used to charge prepaid cards. Carding typically involves the holder of a stolen credit card purchasing store branded gift cards, which then, which then can be sold to others or used to purchase other goods that can be sold for cash. So again, another form of money laundering or another form of changing the stolen information into uh, cash for which the fraudsters can use. So credit card thieves who are involved in this type of fraud are called uh, carters. That's what they're called. That's what they're call, called in the community. And, and there's a, a great many uh, of different methods uh, used by the fraudsters to acquire credit cards and different financial and personal uh, information. And some of the earliest known carding methods have also included uh, trashing or dumpster diving. We used to call it years ago when I was an, a criminal investigator and dumpster diving or trashing through uh, uh, trash cans in neighborhoods or dumpsters in the back of businesses is a search for financial data. And the other uh, form, which isn't very sophisticated either, is is bad guys who steal mail from mailboxes, raiding the mailboxes, and then working with insiders maybe at the postal service. Um, that's where some bank card numbers can, a lot of times, uh, if they don't have the whole number, can semi-automatically be generated uh, based on a known sequence of bin numbers via a bin attack that carters use with different forms of uh, bad guy technology. So the carters might attempt um, a distributed guessing attack to discover valid numbers. Uh, and again, this is when they have some partial information by submitting numbers across a high number of different websites all at the same time. So they're just they're hitting and hitting all these different sites or even your site. Uh, all at once, a lot of times with uh, scripts or uh, prescripted bots that are hitting your site all at the same time uh, to see how vulnerable your site is. And a lot of times they're very successful because there's still so many websites that do not have uh, an enterprise level fraud solution that can detect uh, the velocity 
of transactions or detect uh, fraudulent behavior being transacted on your site. So today, uh, again, so there's various different kinds of methodologies that include skimmers at ATMs, uh, hacking uh, various websites and payment processing sites. Uh, sometimes they intercept credit card data at the point of sale. Uh, in the previous podcast, we talked about how a lot of the hackers will compromise your information through a mobile device that isn't secure through an unsecured Wi-Fi hotspot or Bluetooth connection, all with the uh, eye towards stealing your financial data for their own personal gain. So uh, one of the oldest tricks in the book, um, may, some of you guys may have had this happen to you. If you ever stayed at a hotel, get a funny phone call in the middle of the night. Uh, bad guys sometimes will randomly call uh, hotel room phones asking the guests to confirm their credit card details. Uh, again, this is part of a like social engineering. Um, you'll get a phone call in the middle of the night, say, hey, this is Skip. I'm at the, the front desk. Uh, your credit card didn't swipe correctly. Can you take a couple minutes and give me your credit card information? I want to make sure that we handle the payment for your room uh, in a, in a quick and timely fashion. And a lot of people fall for that trap and it's, it's one that's used today and has been used for several years very successfully. So with this information, um, that the bad guys have, I mean, all this stolen data, a lot of times, um, the carding sites and the carters will bundle this information, your personal information, and they'll bundle it, um, you know, what they call like a base or, a first-hand base information. So if the seller uh, participated uh, sometimes in the theft themselves, uh, resellers may, they may also buy packs or dumps uh, from multiple sources, uh, which is stolen identities, of course. And so ultimately the data uh, is sold on the dark net web or the dark net markets and other carding sites uh, on the internet. And sometimes some of these sites and forms, they're called, uh, CVV shops, uh, uh, you know, they, they specialize in uh, stolen credit cards and, and stolen personal information. Uh, a lot of times, uh, unfortunately, teenagers uh, who spend a lot of time on the web uh, get involved in such fraud by using car detail, uh, this certain kind of information to order pizza, which is crazy, and are often caught very quickly. Uh, on a more sophisticated level of, of some of these sites, these individual dumps of stolen information uh, are sometimes sometimes purchased by zip code. I mean, because certain zip codes um, will show uh, the fraudster a certain affluent area, for instance. So, uh, in in a certain area of a metropolitan area, uh, maybe that they're targeting. So, you know, sometimes um, when they do that, is to avoid, uh, you know as well as learning certain banks and certain things about their misuse. Um, and so what happens is they use, the bad guys use certain uh, software uh, and automatic checker services to perform a validation that's uh, in mass in order to quickly check to see if a card uh, is good or bad or w whether or not it's being blocked. Uh, a lot of times the bad guys will uh, advertise these dumps of stolen data based on a valid type uh, algorithm or information. So, you know, if, if I'm buying this information, I want to know it's legit and I can use it, right? I'm, I'm a bad guy. I'm still my money. I want to make sure that the product I'm receiving, uh, actually works. So there's certain, uh, 
coding within the bad guy network that, hey, here's a valid rate on based on the estimates of this information. Hey, this is going to be good, good info. So a lot of times the uh, stolen information or the cards that they have compromised that have a, a you know, with a greater value of, say, 90 percent or so, um, command much higher prices than you can imagine. So, you know, if you're uh, a fraudster, you know, you don't probably pay a premium for information that you know is good or you know uh, that has maybe a, a stolen personal information that has a high credit limit. You know, those things come into factor. I mean, this is a business. And so the bad guys know that and the recipients or the, the people that are buying this information want a quality product. Um, kind of scary. So uh, full identity information, full identity being that I got uh, your your first name and your last name, your social security number, your date of birth, your address. They call that a fool's, uh, F-U-L-L-Z. Um, and, and that on the dark web, I mean, that's another selling feature. If I'm selling a fool's, a full package piece of identity on someone, you know, that, that I can charge a higher price. You can imagine why that would be important to the, to the uh, not just the seller, but the recipient that's buying those those goods. So the fraudulent vendors, basically these people are also called rippers. So this is kind of crazy. So uh, rippers are vendors basically who take the buyer or the, this other bad guy's money uh, and they never really de deliver it in person. Obviously there's a, there's a high risk uh, to that. And a lot of this information is uh, provided back and forth as a communication very, uh, via different types of forums on the dark web or forums not always on the dark web. It could be uh, on the internet uh, disguised as other, uh, other types of forums. But it, there is, is a basically a store-based feedback system where the bad guys can communicate somewhat confidentially. And, and, and a lot of times it's, it's through a strict uh, site invitation of a bad guy's or referral policy. So if I'm a bad guy, I'm going to refer another bad guy. Uh, to your forum. So uh, a lot of those carding forums, um, again, like I said, exist on the internet, but most, a lot of them exist on the dark web only. And um, a lot of times they're protected via different kind of uh, uh, cloud type features out there in, in, on the internet to kind of safeguard their uh, privacy. So a lot of times then the funds from the, the stolen cards um, themselves are cashed out and again, this is a money laundering type scenario. They're cashed out by buying prepaid cards. So you, everyone's seen those or at most major retailers. There's a, you know, pre-card, prepaid Visa cards and MasterCards, American Express. Um, the may, they may also um, use the stolen cards themselves to cash out and buy gift cards. Uh, you know, gift cards are a dime a dozen now. Any kind of retailer restaurants got their own private label type of gift card. And then they use these prepaid cards or gift cards then um, through reshipping goods through, you know, we've been calling these people mules forever, where use another party, third party bad guy to go uh, get the goods or then resell the goods through other online markets like Amazon or eBay or heck, even some sort of other uh, website that looks legitimate. And, uh, and again, there's a lot of uh, freight forwarders and reshipping ser services that uh, luckily have been come under a lot more scrutiny from uh, law enforcement and a lot of retailers have 
educated their fraud teams to, to really look more closely toward freight forwarders and reshipping services because those are some areas where bad guys really like to use to keep the anonymity of what they're doing to be as secret as possible. So a lot, a lot of this too is, is uh, hidden from most fraud uh, solutions because the bad guys uh, will use hacked computers con to, conf to configure them with a SOX type proxy. So a SOX type proxy enables the bad guy to optimize acceptance from uh, different payment processors. Well, and that's because a SOX uh, you guys can uh, look this up. Uh, SOX basically stands for a socket secure, uh, SOC5, SOC S, but is an internet protocol that allows uh, a client or a customer and server traffic to pass through a proxy server so that your real IP is hidden and the proxy IP uh, is reflected from um, um, basic programs that really show where, you, where your uh, transaction is coming from. In other words, uh, a bad guy could be in Southeast Asia and using a, a SOX and pretty much uh, make a transaction on a U.S.-based website. And although he's in Southeast Asia, your uh, website may, be, may not be able to see that. It will see that the bad guy is actually in Dallas, Texas. When in fact, he's in Southeast Asia. So it's an attempt to fool any uh, fraud prevention tools that your website may have. So what's important about this to, to understand that th this is use useful um, for carding because the carder wants to use that credit card holder's location uh, while, transact while transacting this fraudulent order. So if the bad guy's in Southeast Asia and, I, and he just stole a cardholder's information who resides in Dallas, Texas, you know, he's, he's going to want to use uh, the IP information of that cardholder's, say, ship-to address or bill-to address so that it kind of circumvents any fraud uh, prevention tools your website may have. So uh, the bad guys, um, they can purchase these different kinds of socks and actually they can configure their systems to be um, set up to use socks to circumvent any fraud prevention tools that you have. Now, most uh, high level uh, uh, enterprise level fraud solution providers have uh, tools within their software to detect uh, people that are trying to hide their IP address or use proxies. And those uh, services help alert you uh, as a fraud man manager, as a potential high-risk transaction, because why would someone who's legitimate really want to hide their IP address or use a SOX-based uh, software to circumvent the system in, in an attempt to hide really where they're ordering um, your products from? So those are some features that can be uh, input into your business rules, maybe placed into a manual review so you have a chance to look into it much further. What's interesting too is part of this, part of the carding network is that they communicate with one another with using things called RDP or Remote Desktop Protocol. And um, RDP allows one computer to connect to another computer within the same network. And, uh, and this is, I'm not making this up, this is actually was developed by Microsoft. And pretty much the carders use it to connect to computers of the geolocation of the person whose credit card carter they want to use. So it's just like what I talked about before. It's, uh, you know, why would you 
you know, want to use um, a location or geolocation that's not even in the same country of the cardholder's information you just stole. So again, that's all about the bad guys understanding basic fraud prevention tools that a lot of your companies are that we have today. And that's their way of circumventing those, those fraud prevention techniques. So again, it's used for their safety and security It's less risk for them and they stay anonymous. Um, that's very important to understand too. So again, all this is about creating space between the Carter or the fraudster and you, uh, the greater the dis distance, the less risk it is for them. Uh, lastly, I want to talk about the drop or ship to location. So the drop is the address that the carter uh, uses for the shipping address and the carting process. Um, you know, if a bad guy is carting with a U.S. card, then he uses a USA address uh, as a shipping address. Uh, and most times, uh, knowing that, most uh, websites uh, will ship that order with no problem. So the shipping and order is all done successfully. Uh, because of that, because the bad guys know how these systems work and they believe it's safe and secure for them. And, and again, they re remain anonymous. Um, and this is just another way of how the bad guys have learned and evolved through the years and understanding uh, our fraud solutions that we currently have. So if your company currently has an in-house or a legacy system, an old system that's really not up to date, bad guys will take advantage of that. They understand the limitations of a home-built fraud solution. And uh, most enterprise-level companies have moved on from legacy systems to uh, a, a full package fraud solution, whereas the fraud solution provider uh, can provide the merchant with device fingerprinting, uh, gives me uh, information that where I can understand what device was used during that transaction. So I know through device fingerprinting, uh, you know, this device is a, a tablet or a phone or a desktop. And it also helps me understand the geolocation because again, what we said earlier, it's important to understand if I have a fraudster or using a high level fraud solution provider that gives me information of a transaction that originated from Southeast Asia. But in this particular transaction, there's evidence that shows that this transaction is involved with someone who's hiding their, their geolocation or hiding their IP address. You know, these are high risk factors for me. So an enterprise level fraud solution provider can give you these types of details. And again, setting up business rules yourself in conjunction with these sophisticated algorithms used by your fraud solution provider with showing velocity or, uh, link analysis, for instance, you have an email address that's linked to maybe 20 different credit card numbers being shipped to the same ship to address with an, uh, a transaction um, connected to uh, an individual that's trying to hide their IP address. You know, those are, those are important uh, elements of a transaction for a fraud manager, manager to understand whether or not this is an, a tran transaction you want to approve you want to manual review or should I just you know, auto decline it? It's not worth my time because there's so many risk factors involved there. Uh, you're pretty sure that this is going to be a fraudulent order if accepted. So we touched on carding. We touched on the uh, catch of the day. But understand a lot of these biggest cases you read about and the news sources talk about, well, this is part of a carding network. The carding network 
is a much larger criminal enterprise. So these bad guys are out there, you know, using the, your stolen information to buy goods or services. In this case, it was the hotel rooms. And, uh, you know, I'm sure you guys caught on to that. So the bad guy was sub renting these hotel rooms to other probably bad guys. So he was getting money, probably cash from the bad guys that are sub renting the hotel rooms, but the hotel rooms that the bad guy originally, um, uh, reserved were reserved with stolen credit cards. So he he wasn't out any money whatsoever. And probably the, the guys that he got to sub rent the hotel room, those are the guys that were probably, uh, face to face with law enforcement. So we're going to continue this discussion at another podcast, dive a little bit more deeper into actually how Carters operate, uh, the larger network and the criminal enterprise, and how today that the international community of hackers and credit card thieves are alive and well. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast, and I hope you have a chance to ruin a bad guy's day. Thank you, everyone.